for a while now, there's been this whole health at every size movement, which is incorrect, but you know, whatever people feel the way that they feel. And I'm not going to talk about the movement itself and break it down. I don't care enough. And I, there are plenty of other people who have done that. But my thing is so many people are advocating for health at every size, but only if, you know, it suits their narrative at the time. So what I mean by this is I've recently started posting relatively recently started posting shorts of the videos that I've done onto um, Instagram. And some of them are super controversial, not gonna lie, knew that going into it. And, you know, so I, I take the shorts, I, I cut them up, I put them on, I put the little caption at the bottom, and people interpret them the way that they're going to interpret them. And, and you know, probably some of them I cut a little too, just, you know, you know, a little too controversially, but it's amazing to me how many people have countered my arguments and my questions, my statements by calling me fat, saying things like, you know, you ought to think about going to the gym more before you start talking about this thing that is entirely unrelated to physical fitness in any way, shape or form. Uh, one that was relatively recently what was the clip what was that clip that i did for that one it was oh um abortion is healthcare. i was talking about how i don't want to pay for people's abortions through my taxes and he was saying that well if somebody breaks their leg or, or should we not pay for that you know if and, and he just kept coming back at me and back at me and back at me. And finally, he's like, you know, when you have that heart attack, you're going to have because you're so fat, then, you know, I'll call an ambulance for you, even though, and I'm like, of course, it's like, for one, of course, you're going to call an ambulance. You're not going to pay for the ambulance. What do you care? I just, I just, again, it all comes down to this hypocrisy thing where you're al apparently allowed to say whatever you want insofar as if it's your narrative, so long as you are belittling and degrading and insulting people who are on the wrong side. There's a concept that when you're in a debate and you start slinging mud, you've lost the debate because you, you have nothing intelligent to say. You have nothing intelligent to contribute to the conversation. And so you just fall back on basically your mama comments. It's like, yeah, well, your mom, because I don't have any rebuttal for that, whatever that may be. This is something that I talked to my kids about when I was teaching community college is we would have, and they weren't, they weren't real debates. I didn't do, I wasn't, it wasn't a speech class. It was composition one. And so we I would help them to figure, to work through their argument essays by splitting the class in half and having these debates that were designed um, in essay format. So they would have, you know, their introduction, then they would have their arguments, they would have the counter arguments, they would have the rebuttal, and they would have the, the conclusion. And I, I told them that, you know, because I would mark, I would tally points on the board based off of 
how I would score their quote essay if that's what they were doing. Um, and I told them, you know, if you are responding to counter arguments and your response is to insult or belittle, you've lost. And, and you know, I, if, if that's the way that this devolves in the classroom, then I'm going to end the debate right there and the other team's going to win by default. And they, they stuck to that because these were, uh, every point that they got was for their, uh, their debate essay was extra credit. So, I mean, if I had thrown swords in there, it'd been a modern day gladiator pit. I'm just saying, <laughs> but it, we've, we've kind of gone away from that societally, this idea that if you have to insult somebody that you aren't, have nothing in to contribute to the conversation intelligently as, as a rebuttal. And it just drives me crazy. You know, there, there are people who have genuine issues with their, with their weight, with their appearance, with their, um, the way that they dress, the way that they talk, the way that they, you know, whatever, you know, there, there are reasons why people are the way that they are. And there are also reasons why maybe some people can't change. Is that the case for me? No, I was extremely healthy and fit and had no problems um, keeping my figure trim until I hit about 30. And I like, I didn't work out at all growing up. I didn't eat right. I just had a really fantastic metabolism. And by, when I hit 30, I just, I don't know what it is. My body was just like, Oh, my back hurts. Oh, I'm gaining weight. Oh, this, I don't know. It sucks. 30 sucks. And, but you know, now I'm doing things to work through it, trying to get into the, this healthier frame of mind I'm exercising, I'm eating properly. And I've lost two, uh, 200. I've lost 20 pounds um, since I've started doing this last year. And it doesn't bother me when people call me fat because I don't, and it's not untrue. Uh, it, I, I, according to the BMI, I am obese. You know, that's just a fact. And you, know, you can use it to try and tear me down and attack me. It's not going to change anything that that is a fact. It might make me feel a little self-conscious about myself for a little while, but I kind of feel self-conscious anyway, because I don't really like the way that I look and I'm working on it. Uh, but that, you know, there are people who can't, it, it's not our place to judge other people for where they are in their lives and the decisions that they've made. And I think maybe that's part of what this guy was coming down to was that, um, you know, whatever the case that I, I have personally put myself in physically, um, he's not going to judge me for it when the consequences catch up to me type of thing, which I, you know, I can get behind in that sense. But he was just, he was doing it to be mean and to be spiteful. And I don't, I don't, see why that has to be the case, why we have to be mean and spiteful to each other, why we can't just have an honest conversation about these topics, about these things where we might disagree, that it has to come down to this blood match of 
who's right and who's wrong. You know, sometimes there are no rights and there are no wrongs. Sometimes it's just gray. Not always. A lot of times there are black and white, you know, truth and untruth. But sometimes it just comes down to feelings and the way that you think and the way that you feel and the experiences that you've lived in your life. And I, why do we have to disrespect that? Why can't we just agree to disagree? When did that stop being a thing? But, you know, I guess what this comes down to is, yeah, there's a part of me that's a little salty that there are people who feel so threatened by the things that I personally have, you know, as my opinions, that they have to attack me in ways that I'm vulnerable because they don't want to try and I don't know, have a con- an actual conversation that, that we have lost the ability to be reasonable. That's really sad to me. And, and I, I hope that what little I've been able to do as a teacher with my students and, you know, helping them to understand the way that, um, debate works through argument that there are at least, you know, some people in this world who remember that it it's okay to have conflicting opinions and it's okay to talk about those conflicting opinions in constructive and reasonable ways. Hey guys, thanks for watching that video. If you enjoyed it, make sure you like, subscribe, and do all those things that you do when you enjoy a video. If you'd like to learn more about us at Moms for America or the Millennial Rant, you can visit our website at millennialrant.com or see us at our Instagram page at millennial underscore rant. I look forward to seeing you next week and I hope that you have a wonderful day.